In today's show, we're talking about fantasy rankings. Is Giannis Antetokounmpo really not a top 100 fantasy player? We'll find out. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Yeah, official sportsbook of Locked On NBA or Locked On. What am I talking about? Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. I hope you guys are at least somewhat enjoying these pre-recorded shows for the week, which are somewhat evergreen. I'm recording this on the 2nd of July, my time. Damian Lillard has just requested a trade. I hope that he has been traded by the time that I leave to go to Summer League. If he gets traded while I'm in Summer League, I'm going to be pissed because I can't record a show, but I can't tell you what's going to happen there. But that is where we're at. But what we are talking about here is a show that will last all the way through the off-season. You can come back and reference this. And we're talking about fantasy rankings. Now, if you are a points league player, this show does not apply to you. Because in a points league, it is very straightforward. If somebody averages 50 fantasy points and somebody averages 49.9, then the player averaging 50 fantasy points is ranked ahead of the guy averaging 49.9. And that cannot be debated. I guess... You could debate it because you could talk about total value versus per game value. But in, in essence, it's just it's a very simple calculation. Who scores more fantasy points per week wins the contest. Which players contribute more fantasy points wins. That's how it works. The rankings of those things is not really that um, controversial or confusing. But category leagues it is. And... For category leagues, the reason it's confusing is because there's so many ways to look at it. The traditional way of looking at it is by using standard scores, Z scores, and converting each individual fantasy category, the standard nine categories, into a standard score so they all compare with each other, and either adding all those standard scores up or averaging them across the nine categories, and there is your player rater, your value of the player, and then putting that number in an order, that is the rank. And where I work, Basketball Monster... We have the page that says fantasy rankings. We have for our subscribers projections and they get ordered in the order based on that. But that's not what it's all about. That's not how fantasy basketball is played. And if you just use those lists without having any understanding of what they do, of how they um, come into being or how you utilize them, I will guarantee you, you will lose at fantasy basketball. You will. That's just not how it works. So to get an understanding of how this works, let's get a couple of things out of the way here. As I said, it's standard scores. If you don't know what a standard score or a Z score or a Z score, if you don't know what that is, go and look it up. It's basically the the value of the individual stat using standard deviations and the average of the data set to get a number. If you have a standard score of one, you are one standard deviation above the mean, basically. 
If you have a standard score of two, your, your stat is two standard deviations above the mean. That's how it works, okay? I think that should be pretty straightforward. So in two standard deviations, I think I think one standard deviation is 67 percentile, two is 90 percentile, three is 95 percentile. That, I could be wrong on that. That's not really important. But that's how we standardize those numbers. The percentage categories, field goal percentage and free throw percentage, those categories are weighted based on volume. So if the average, which it is, for, field, for free throw percentage, 79%, if you hit 80% from the line on one attempt, you might have a standard score of 0.5, making it up. If you hit 80% from the line on seven attempts per game, you might have a standard score of three or two and a half or one and a half, whatever it is. The further away, look, once you get that average mark in the percentage categories, if you go above or below it, so if we use free throws, we use 78 as the average number. If you are, the further away negative you go, your impact in that category gets multiplied by attempts roughly, right? The more attempts you have, the worse you are. A 70% shooter from the line on one attempt per game doesn't really hurt you. A 75% guy from the line on 12 attempts per game does. An 86% player on one attempt per game, that's okay, that's fine. An 82% guy on 12 attempts is huge. So while that seems counterintuitive that an 82% guy would be better than an 86% player, or a 74% shooter is worse than a 69% shooter, it's because volume is very important in looking at the rankings. So that's how we get those numbers. They are not just standard or standard scores on the pure percentage number. Volume is a part of it. And then either side of the average number, the bigger your volume is, the larger your impact is, whether it's positive or negative. So that's how that works. Now, there are many other ways. I'm not going to go into a huge discussion here, and I've had plenty of discussions of this before about how I view turnovers. Now, when I talk about rankings, and I'm going to do this, uh, I'm going to change it a little bit this season, but when I talk rankings, I will never include turnovers in my discussion of how valuable a player is. You can see the show that I did yesterday where I talked about how tightly correlated turnovers are to multiple categories, assists and points, meaning if you're strong in turnovers, it's very hard to be competitive in assists and points. And the fact that they don't really correlate at all to other categories, meaning if you are hot, you're low in turnovers, that doesn't mean you have high field goals or high rebounds or high blocks. That just doesn't correlate. So you, when that number gets put into things, it skews the value. Not to even talk about the fact that um, turnovers are a category that you can boost your value in by not playing players. And when you get injuries and games play disadvantages for a week, your turnovers actually become a stronger category. Again, skewing the value of those guys whose value is all tied up in never getting turnovers. The fact that you can be usurped by someone who doesn't play makes it a poor way of valuing a player. Now, for sure, you're in a nine category league. It's a category and it counts exactly the same as every other category. But in terms of the way we value it or the way we appreciate it or the way we rank it, it's got to be used differently. And if you are in a situation where you're punting points and punting assists, then having players with low turnovers, although if you aren't, if you are weak in points and assists, you will be strong in turnovers. That's important. But in terms of valuing the player, it can really skew. And we're going to show that in this show today. One of the things, again, that's really important is understanding what do we get out of rankings? What do they tell us, right? When we look at them and look back at what happened in 22, 23, what do those numbers do? Because I'm, I'm convinced that Yahoo and ESPN will look at how their rankings spat out 
based on their numbers. And a lot of them, a lot of them have come through um, based on total numbers or whatever it is. But then they will set their projected rankings for the next season based on those numbers. And that's where we can run into a lot of problems with following those numbers that get put out. So understanding where the numbers come from when we look at how these sites will put out their rankings the next year is really, really important, I think, in terms of valuing where players go and how guys get undervalued and overvalued and all that sort of stuff. But also just you understanding when you go to make a trade on a fantasy platform and it will give you you rank or last 15 days on ESPN as it often does. Or you even use Basketball Monsters player rankings, which again, it's just a formula. It's not me putting guys in an order of how they've performed for the season, but understanding what those numbers mean is really interesting. And the main thing with category leagues is there's many ways to look at it. There is per game value versus total value. Now, there are plenty of people who tell you, well, staying healthy is actually the most important thing. And it's true. Having your players there is important, but also in a head-to-head league, that having them there in the playoffs is most important. And totals doesn't tell you that. It doesn't tell you that at all. Someone might play 70 games and miss all 12 games in your fantasy playoffs and their 70 games is actually useless to you. Someone might play 40 games, 50 games, Kawhi Leonard, and play every game through the fantasy playoffs. So does their total rank actually matter? No, not really. Also, when we're talking about predictive value, it doesn't mean anything. And I'm going to do... Let me, let me rephrase that. I looked at it for the last three years, last offseason, of injuries and games played year on year. And there was a very weak correlation. It didn't strongly correlate. If you missed games the year before, it didn't mean that you were missing them the next year. If you were healthy the year before, it didn't mean you were healthy the next year. I did a whole bunch of analysis on it. And I'm going to do it again this offseason to see if anything has changed. But injuries are injuries. There are certain situations with players who have somewhat degenerative problems or recurring problems that you have to be cautious of. Much like how we just didn't want to draft Christos Porzingis this year because of his degenerative... Oh, hang on. He actually played the games, yeah? Mikael Bridges has never missed a game. You know what that does? Well, you know what it doesn't do? Guarantee that he's going to stay healthy. It doesn't. Oh, but he's just a gamer. He's a baller. He just wants to play. Yeah, cool. But when you break your leg, knock on wood, you can't. That's not how injuries work. You don't just say, well, I want to play, therefore I am healthy. That's not how it works. And there is always going to be little bits and pieces of bits on the edges. But when, and again, you'll see the differences here. When you go in and we have, we, me, you, everyone, have such short-term collective memories that we forget what happened a year ago. And we base everything on what we just saw. So when we go through some of this stuff, we'll look at this and go, that's awesome. But two years ago, we would have said the exact opposite thing. And we change our minds so quickly. That's why when I try and do this analysis of stuff, we use data to try and back it up. And usually it comes through. Well, it did last year. We'll see what happens when we do it again this year. The other thing with rankings is like one side, ESPN, will generally give you a ranking based on eight category values, as will CBS. Yahoo will give it to you based on nine category values, including turnovers. Sleeper, whatever their bloody format is, give it to you based on fantasy points. Fantrax, I love Fantrax as a site to host leagues. When they rank their players, I have absolutely no understanding of how they do it. I think last offseason they had Miles Bridges at three. I don't get it. It makes no sense to me, but it screws you up because you look at the list. What the bloody hell is this guy doing here? I have no idea how they do it. It's a weird system that makes no sense, but it can screw with you. And there's just so many ways to do it. And in saying all of that, we better get into this show. 
I haven't even brought Warnie in, but I need to do something else before we do it. Because I've got to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Fangio. We are well behind time here. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball. Do you, when you say MLB, do you write, do you say MLB or do you say Major League Baseball? I can't, MLB doesn't sound right. Anyway, first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet, 10, 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to get the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Should we bring Warney in now? Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) So what I did is... You know, I have my own little formula when I rank players and I like to downplay the importance of the low volume categories, steals, blocks, and threes, because they are low volume. We are talking things that can skew rankings significantly based on one instant across a three game period. And what I mean by that is, is that a steal is one play. A basketball game has 110 possessions around that, 110, 105, whatever it is. 100 possessions. Let's say 100 possessions a basketball game has. Um, A steal is one of those possessions, right? It's one of those possessions. You get a steal, like you get a steal and you average one steal per game, okay? So that's one steal you get every single game. If you get one fewer steal across three games, so over a three-game period, you would normally get three steals if you average one a game. If you then get, instead of three steals per game, you get two steals per game, or two steals across a three-game period. So one play different across three games, across 300 possessions, one play different, your steal average goes from one to 0.67. And your fantasy value in that category goes from positive to negative, and you drop 30 spots based on one play. And again, I will do this show later on, showing year-on-year correlation of those low-volume stats in particular. They widely fluctuate. So I downplay the importance of them when I'm looking at the rankings. I put them at 80% the value of the other categories because they are so volatile, game by game, week by week, and year by year. That if you look at a player who generates so much value through high steals or high blocks and expect that player to return that value, well, on a week-by-week basis, you're going to be disappointed And even on a year-by-year basis, you might just lose 20, 30 spots. In saying all that, that's how I went. And when I talk about rankings this season, that is what I've done. That's what I've done for a very long time is downweighted those three categories. What I'm going to do a little bit more this season is talk more in minus one ranks. Now, minus one ranks to me, I'm I'm never going to consider turnovers. Minus one ranks is then looking at the player's best seven categories or taking away their worst category. Because it's not about, well, if you punt free throws, this guy is ranked third because not everyone in your league is punting free throws or you're, you know, in terms of get, gaining or generating or valuing a player, it's not just about for one specific ca- uh, punt format. So what I came up with probably 10 years ago now was to go in and look at a player and just take out their worst category, whether it was blocks or threes or field goals or free throws and base them. And this is, again, a key tenant of punting. It's not about what you're bad at. It's about what you're good at. 
What are you good at? I don't care that you are very, very bad at field goal percentage because I'll just work around it. I'll either disregard that category or get someone else in to do it. But what are you good at? What are you bringing me that you are good at? Now, in roto leagues, it can be a little bit different because punting a category, although in a competitive league, you can actually punt a category in roto and still win. In a non-competitive league, it's harder to do that. But in a competitive league, you almost have to do it at some period. Um, so the minus one rank just looks at a player's best seven categories. You could probably take it a step further and look at the player's best six categories and have a look at where their value is. Because you know most players, the good ones give you positives in six or seven. The average ones give you four to five. The not so good ones give you three category positives, two category, and the bad fantasy players give you one. And often if that one category is really, really high, it bumps them way high in the, in the rankings. So... I think using a minus one ranking is is a really important way of valuing players. And that's what I'm going to try and incorporate more into my analysis this season. In saying all of that, you're not going to see that in most places. You're going to hear me talk about it. And you're going to hear me say, well, this player was ranked 30th. And you're going to say, well, actually, Yahoo has him 84th. Why is the discrepancy? That's why. What we're talking about here is the difference between an eight-cat ranking of a player and a nine-cat ranking. So it's basically just taking out turnovers. And it changes the valuation of players significantly. Jaden Ivey. This is, now, th- these numbers that I'm using are just pure per-game numbers, no weightings. Jaden Ivey was 161st in 8-cat leagues. He was 274th in 9-cat leagues. Now, Ivey had his struggles for sure, but 274th is an insane number. Was he that bad? Was there that many players better than him because he turned the ball over a lot? I really doubt that. Russell Westbrook had a lot of struggles. He was 114th in A-cat, 250th in 9-cat. It's a gigantic discrepancy. So when we're talking about the valuation of players, looking at these big gaps is important to understand. Like Paulo Bunkero, 131st in 8-cat leagues per game. Yes, he had a lot of struggles with field goals and free throw percentage. He lacked some defensive stats. All that's true. He was 211th in 9-cat. And this is, again, why I always is going to... I can't speak. Why I'm going to stress this to you if you sit here and tell me that you believe Paulo Bunkero was not a rosterable player in a head-to-head category league, because that's what 211 will tell you, because there's 156 players rostered in a category league, and even if you account for two um, injured reserve slots that are full the whole time, that's 180 players rostered. You're still telling me that Paulo is n- not a rosterable player? I think you're wrong. And that is why, again, these numbers are incredibly misleading. There is no circumstance that Paulo Bunkero was not a rosterable player in a nine-category league last season. He, he wasn't. He just wasn't. RJ Barrett, well, he wasn't rosterable because he was bad in so many areas. Well, he probably was because some of his scoring was useful. But 206th versus 290th, eight versus nine. Now, 206 is shit out still, but it's a big discrepancy. Nine, 90 spots, eight rounds of fantasy value for one category. It's a, it's a wild difference. And you can think whether it's important or not. I've got my opinion. You don't have to follow my opinion. I just try and provide why I look at it that way. But you also have to, even if you do believe that, no, we have to have turnovers included in our rankings and they're an equal category with everyone else. And if you believe that, that's that's totally okay. You can build your team how you want. You have to, you have to agree with me that having a 90-spot difference between those two formats of rankings is something that can lead to confusion depending on what you're viewing. And I also would love you to debate me that Paulo Bunkero wasn't a rosterable player last season. 
On the other side of things, who are the guys that got big boosts? Al Horford, 112th in 8-cat leagues. I wouldn't say Al Horford had a great year, but 65th in 9-cat per game numbers. Did you roster Al Horford last year? Did you think that he was the 65th best player? Really, he jumped 50 spots because he didn't turn the ball over. He didn't really score. He had below average free throws. He shot threes really well. But to me, there's no way he's a sixth round player. None. None. Mitchell Robinson went from 93rd to 52nd. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. Mitchell Robinson was pretty good. I'm not sure he's a top five round player. Walker Kessler, he was pretty good. 98th in 8-cat, 57th in 9-cat. That's for the season. And I think if you look at when he started, he was like 24th in 9-cat value. And you are going to run into that problem. There, He is going to be ranked in the top 30, maybe in the top 20 in some sites moving into next season. And if you do take Walker Kessler there, it is for three categories only. Blocks, field goals, rebounds, and of course, low turnovers. But if you do that, well, you're putting yourself into punt points straight away. You're putting yourself maybe in, probably into maybe punt assists and you're getting no threes either. And it's going to run into that problem of the classic overvaluation of big men in nine cat rankings. Dylan Wright, interesting one. He was 95th in eight cat leagues, which is still really high. Now, part of the reason he's that high there is because I didn't weight down the steals and he's really got one category at steals. And in my rankings where I weighted them down appropriately, I feel, he was like 140th. All right, so not yeah, a fringe guy, which I think is more realistic to where Dillon was. But in nine cat per game, he was 59th. Now, again, I'm not here to try and tell you that you shouldn't discuss or value turnovers, but it's really hard to justify that Paolo Bunkero was the 211th ranked player and Dillon Wright was 59th. You, you, and I know it is straight maths. These are numbers. Context, nuance is really important. It's really, you can make up, you can get Delon's 1.8 steals per game through streaming. You can't really get Paolo's 20 points per game. You really can't do that. So that's why I'm you're very adamant about the impact of how rankings are presented to people and how they can be entirely misleading. You can use it to your advantage against people in your league, but that's, I think it's a really key point. Was Paulo Bunkero unrosterable and was Delon Wright a top five round player? I, I think the answer is pretty clearly no. But maybe if, if you've got an argument with it and you've got a counterpoint, I want to hear it. I always want to hear this debate. I don't, at the moment, I don't agree with it, but I haven't heard your debate. But I know where I sit on it, but I find that really, I don't see how you justify that. Let's, uh, let's look at the next one, which is the impact of games played. 8-cat per game value versus 8-cat totals. The first four there are pretty obvious to see, but it's one thing that's going to be really important when looking at valuations for next season. Cade was 78th in 8-cat per game, 371st in totals. Zion, 40th versus... um, Where was he? 40th versus 228th. I'm the biggest bird. I'm the biggest bird. Towns, 28th per game versus 215th. In totals, and Rob Williams was 102nd per game, 246th in totals. And we all know why. A million missed games for Cade, a million missed games for Zion, a million missed games for Towns, and a million missed games for Rob. That's obvious. They missed a bunch of time. They weren't useful for you for big chunks of the season. I 
bring this up because when you go to look at the numbers um, for next season and the value of players, just watch that some of these guys don't slide under the radar. Now, they sites, I'm guessing, aren't going to come in and rank Cade 371st, but they might put him 110th. They're not going to rank Zion 228th, but he might be 90th. They're not. They they might put Williams at 150th. They might put Towns at 50th. I don't know. It's important to note. But I think on when looking at eight cap per game versus eight cap total, the important one is to look at the next four, which are the ones that get the huge bump because they played games. I love the bloke, Derek White. Maximum Derek. He was 111th per game, 54th in totals. He played 82 games. If we had this discussion at the same time last year. Man, I cannot trust Derek White. He never stays healthy. He is so injury prone. He is just always hurt. And he did get hurt a lot. He had a lot of toe problems and lower body problems. And then he comes out, plays 82 games, and he looks like, according to that number, a sixth round guy. Now he's going to have the opportunity to start in Boston with Marcus Smart gone, unless they've done something else in the last week, which I don't know about. And people will look at that number, which is the number on Yahoo. No, the number that doesn't actually default. We'll talk about the number that Yahoo defaults to usually. They default to nine cat totals as their ranking number. And White comes out as like a third round player. So is he going to go that high? And as much as I like him, no way am I taking him there. The reason he was able to jump 60 spots between per game and total is because he played 82 games after really struggling with his health for four straight years prior or three straight years. That doesn't mean that he's going to go back and be hurt. It also doesn't mean that he's found the secret and now he's healthy. It just means that he was lucky. That's what injuries are a lot, a lot of the time. A lot of the time. The pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Um, big bump for him. On a per-game basis, Barnes was 150th, which is not a solid rosterable player. Yes, I know there's 156 roster spots in a standard 12-team league. But if you're 150th, that means you're the last player on a roster, meaning that your position should be churned the shit out of to stream, meaning you are not anything more than a streamable waiver wire player. But Barnes played every game. Well, did he play every game? Basically played every game. Yeah, he played 82 games. Played 82 games. And he had only he didn't have any category with a standard score above one. And his best category was free throw percentage at 0.86, where he was at 85% on five attempts. That's not a bad category. It's also probably not a guy that I'd consider the 93rd best player. He averaged 15, 4, and 1 with 0.7 steals and 0.1 blocks. That's totally okay, and he's fine to have on a roster. But if Barnes misses 15 games through an injury, well, you have absolutely no interest in discussing him as a top 100 player. None. Tyus Jones was 158th per game, but 102nd in totals. He was really good for the time that Morant was out, for sure. He played a lot of games. I think, in fact, he played every game. He played 80 games. He averaged 10, 2, and 5 with a steal on 44% shooting and 80 from the line on one attempt. Like That's totally okay, but we saw it that the games when Morant played, it was like he just wasn't a rosterable player. But those numbers there will tell you again. And his situation is going to be different this year, obviously, in Washington. But it's a big difference. And Emmanuel quickly, 123rd per game, 67th in totals because he played every game. You, you, don't, you wouldn't look at Emmanuel quickly as a seventh-round player. You just wouldn't. 
but that's what the numbers will end up telling you. And that's why, again, I push back on totals because they'll tell you this and you, you can argue, and I'll agree with you, that, well, Josh, he played those games, he put up those numbers, he put up those totals, and that's where he ranked. True, he did. But it tells us absolutely nothing in terms of how we value them in trades, how we look to draft the next year, how we value in dynasty. There's no predictive nature of that whatsoever. It doesn't, we don't go, well, he was 67th last year. So, you know, we'll probably look at, uh, if I get him in the eighth, it's, it's a real steal, yeah? It's not how we should view it. There's no predictive nature of it. And as I said, right at the start of this show, what feels like 10 years ago, right at the start of this show, if he misses four games, but they're all in your championship week, well, it doesn't really matter that he had a great total number, does it? Because games played and when they're played and when they're missed is way more important. Way more important. I want to look at the 8-cat versus minus 1 rankings. Now, what I think is important with looking at these rankings is I think minus 1 is way more important for head-to-head uh, -head category leagues. Straight rankings are more important for roto leagues. And this gives you an idea of guys who might be a little bit more valuable in a roto setting, although I'm tending to move away from that idea. Whereas in the past, it's like, yeah, if you just give me little bits of everything in roto, that's really that, that's more valuable. But I'm not sure that's true. I, I tend to think it's we can still work with roto if you give me big numbers in four categories, and then I just draft the next guy who gives me big numbers in the other four categories. That's probably better than someone who just gives me average numbers right across the board. Shout out to the man who's going to be the poster child for this forever. The thick hogsman, Tobias Harris. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. Harris, Harris's stats are being constantly like this. He was 81st in per game category rankings, ACAT. Solid. It was boosted by some really high steal numbers early on. He was shit house outside the top 100 over the last two months or so. Where he fits, I've got no idea moving forward. But if you look at minus one ranks, where you take away the person's worst category, so the best, it's either minus one or best seven, whatever you want to call it. He was 105th. And that's not really because Tobias you know, had these big outliers. It's because other players who were ranked behind him because they had one weakness jumped ahead of him. Harris's numbers, if we look at what he did, he averaged 15, 6, 2.5, 1 1.7. I'll give you the exact numbers, actually. 14.7. 1.7 threes, 5.7 rebounds, 2.5 assists, 0.9 steals, 0.5 blocks on 50 and 88% shooting. And not one of those categories gave you either a negative or positive Z score that was greater than 0.5. So he was basically average or close enough to average in every category. And that has utility. But when you're building a head-to-head -head team, does it actually help you that much? It's useful, but it's probably not as useful as the number would suggest. Franz Wagner, and a guy that I actually do really like as a player, but he's got a little bit of the Tobiases about him. And while I think he was arguably, maybe not arguably, he was the Magic's best player last season, when looking at his future value moving forward, I worry that he's never going to be, bang, big aggressive, give me 27 usage, I'm averaging 25 a night and leading a team. I always feel like, oh, this guy can do this, this guy can do this, I'll sit back a little bit and be unbelievably good without putting up big numbers. He was 92nd per game, 111th in minus one. 20 spot difference. The Bronco, Jalen Williams. Broncos country, let's ride. I was surprised with this because he averaged, like he led the league in steals for the last three months of the season. So I thought, you know, that with that one big strength that he'd probably boost a little bit in minus one, but he didn't. 74 in ACAT, 93rd in minus one. Dropped 20 spots. 
with some solid production across the other, the other boards. It's not because he's bad. It's because the other players who may have been incorrectly ranked below him jumped ahead. And Kelly Olenek was 80th versus 90th. Now, there's not that big of a difference in these rankings. Like Tobias got the biggest one there at 24. It's two rounds difference between their eight cat versus their minus one. The other side of the equation where a player's category league straight ranking is well lower than their minus one is where the interest really lies. Steven Adams was 147th. If you just look at eight cat rankings, you go, well, that's useless. That's not a 12 team league player. He was 81st in minus one because you just take away his free throws and then his rebounds, his above average assist for his position, his uh, field goal percentage, and even his blocks were good enough. 81st. Giannis, and he's, we're going to talk a lot about Giannis later on. Don't worry. 47th in straight 8-cat value. 12th in minus 1. And when you use my weighted rankings, he was 10th in minus 1. A little bit of a disappointment, sure. But 47th, there's, there's no way, right? There's no way. It's free throws. Three-round difference in value. Jonas Valanciunas was 110th in straight value. Jonas Vassal Inuansas. Move up to 79th in um, minus one. And I looked at this and go, why? Like, what? What? Why was Valanciunas? What happened to Valanciunas? He doesn't seem like that guy. Well, he averaged 0.3 steals, which had a Z score of negative 1.93. Just a horribly low number for steals. So you take the steals out of the equation, and then he jumps way up. Which, again, I thought was... I, I didn't really look at him as that, wow, this is going to be a great situation for Valanciunas where he's going to get this big bump up in minus one ranking. But he did because he just didn't get any steals. And then Aaron Gordon, 128th to 101st based on his free throws. If you look at nine cat versus minus one, a lot of these names we've talked about already, but the differences get even more stark. This is looking at nine cat versus minus one, so best seven, right? Al Horford, 65th in nine cat, 113th in minus one. Toby Harris, 58th in nine-cat leagues. Do you, again, is that how we want to view him? 105th in minus one. Cam Johnson, 54th in nine-cat. 95th in minus one. Gary Trent, 64th. 64th Gary Trent was in nine-cat leagues. Nice, Gary! 98th in minus one. It, it just really hard for me to justify that Gary Trent was a top 65 player last year. On the flip side of that, Jaden Ivey, 274th in nine-cat. 158th in minus one. That's still pretty fringy for being a 12-team league player, but I think it more accurately describes what his value was. Russell Westbrook, 205th versus 106th. But here's the kicker. Here's the one that really kills. Giannis is ranked per game, nine cat value last season. Basil, get an intro. Giannis Giannis was 104th in per game, nine cat value last season. In... Minus one rankings, he was 12th. Now, Giannis was drafted by nearly every category league in the top, let's say let's say top five to be safe. He was drafted two, and I would have drafted him at two in nearly every spot. And that didn't work out because he did take a big step back in his steal and block numbers. That, that hurt him for sure. But, but, when we look at what Giannis did over the course of the season, the bloke averaged 31 11.8 rebounds, 5.7 assists, 0.8 steals, 0.8 blocks, 55.3% from the field on 20 attempts per game, and 64.5 from the line on 12 attempts. That's 104th, apparently. Now, if you can't build a fantasy team 
around Giannis with those huge strengths. Like, let's look at some of the names that ranked ahead of him. Christian Wood, Kevin Herter, um, Michael Porter Jr., Trey Jones, Terry Rozier, Draymond Green, John Collins, Herb Jones. You can tell me that that negative of Giannis is too big to overcome, and I agree with you. But you know what? You don't have to. So when we go in and look at the rankings and Giannis, and someone will argue this with me because it happens every year. Like when I got into the argument with the guy last year who told me he would definitely draft Rob Williams ahead of Luka Doncic because Rob Williams ranked higher in NICAT value. There is going to be people here who tell me that Giannis isn't even worth a second or third round pick in the upcoming season. And I am worried about Giannis's knee. And I've brought this up for two, three years in a row. I probably was the first one to really bring it up as a fantasy concern. Ian, I still had him at two. I won't have him at two this year. I am worried about his knee. But there is no world that you can come here and tell me that you would rather have Gary Trent on your fantasy roster. Gary Trent, Al Horford, DeLon Wright. You would rather have them on your roster by five rounds of value than Giannis. That is why the nine-cat ranking system is irrelevant in my mind. It's irrelevant. If you put Giannis at 104th, and it's the same with prime Dwight Howard, prime Shaq, they will always rank down that low because of high volume on free throws. It is a misleading ranking system. And it will get you into a lot of trouble with valuing players. If you can come here and give me that argument, again, I will will listen to it. I will probably disagree, but I will listen to it as why Giannis isn't a top 100 player. Give it to me. Drop it in the comments. Why is Giannis not a top 100 player? This is why I think looking at things like minus one, where Giannis is 12th, definitely not worth this. That's that's not as good as being a pick two. So I was wrong on that. But he's still a first round player in category leagues, like really comfortably, really comfortably. You should be looking at strengths and not weaknesses. The other one there is Steven Adams, who was 172 versus 81. Let's get into some uh, big discrepancies. And this is where things can get really wild. I tend to look at my weighted 8-cat, and it will be more minus one this year, per game numbers. Yahoo, ESPN to a lesser degree, but Yahoo will put the numbers out there as 9-cat total ranks. And it gives you some crazy numbers. We've talked about Cade and Zion and Carl Anthony Towns a lot. The discrepancies are huge. 78, 8-cat per game, 385, 9-cat total. But we know why that happened. LaMelo Ball, 21st in 8-cat league per game, 176th in 9-cat totals. On the flip side is where it gets way more interesting. Reggie Bullock was 151st in 9-cat totals, but 244th in 8-cat leagues. Kevon Looney was 73rd in 9-cat totals. He played every game. 152nd in 8-cat totals, 80-spot difference. Max Struess, the winner soldier, Cleveland legend, was 214th in 8-cat leagues. Per game, 135th in 9-cat. That tells you he was a rosterable player. He wasn't. Isaiah Hartenstein, who, again, probably a disappointing season. 207th in 8-cat per game, 130th in 9-cat totals, which, would again, would indicate to you that he is a rosterable player and very close to a startable player because the top 120 players, in theory, should be startable players in a 12-team league. 
And that is, again, just why I am so like, need to push back on some of these numbers that get thrown around. There is no way in the world that Reggie Bullock had any sniff of 9-cat value. None. But that number would tell you that, yeah, he should have sort of been on rosters. He shouldn't have. The difference becomes even more egregious when you look at minus one rankings versus nine cat totals. And this is, again, you can view things how you want, but in terms of how information is displayed and regurgitated, and whether it's in articles that are written, uh, other podcasts or videos, I'm not. I'm, that's not me shitting on people because that is a standard format that is put out there as rankings, and it's the standard number that you get presented. And so people referencing that number is to, is absolutely probably the right, and it's probably wrong that I don't do it honestly, because they say that number, but I want you to think more about it. I want you to think, what am I seeing? What is this number? What does it actually mean? How do I reference it? How do I use it? That's what I want to provide to you. Not that, well, Giannis was actually 134th for the season because that's clearly garbage. It clearly is, but it's what will get presented to you. So we've got Cade there. We've got, this is minus one per game versus nine cat. These are all the guys who were way better in minus ones versus nine cat totals. We've got those names at the start we talked about. Stephen Adams, Lamelo Ball. Lamelo Ball was 13th in minus one per game. He is, I think Lamelo Ball is going to be a huge discount player in drafts this season. He was 13th versus 136th. And again, the big one there is Giannis. 12th in minus one per game versus 134th in nine cat totals. Nine cat totals suggest that Giannis was not a startable player and in the stream zone. Pretty laughable, yeah? Brandon Ingram, 40th versus 160th. 160th, cat total suggests that he wasn't actually worth playing for the year. And we know that he was hurt, right? We know that he was hurt. And that's, again, where nine cat total values can be really confusing because well, do we really look at this and go, well, you know, it's like, what, is what does 160th mean in this context? Does it mean that he shouldn't have been drafted or rostered? No, it doesn't mean that. So what does it actually tell you? And how do you use it to your advantage? It can tell you things. But what does it mean or how is it useful? And then on the other side of things, I didn't go through all those numbers, but if you are on YouTube, you can see it. But like Steven Adams, 81st in minus one per game, 275th in nine cat totals. Lamello, Rob Williams, Giannis, Ingram, uh, Towns, Williamson, Cade. We've talked about a lot of those guys. On the flip side, who are the guys that got the gigantic bump in nine cat totals? And how do you be careful of being swayed too much? Love Derek White. In minus one per game, he was 120th. In nine cat totals, 36th. Nobody should believe that Derek White was a third round player last season or that will have any carryover effect to be that guy. Harrison Barnes, 160th versus 78th. Huge difference. 100 spot difference almost. Actually, 80, 80 to be fair. Quickly, 131 versus 52. Keegan Murray, 142 versus 66. Keegan Murray had, by all accounts, a relatively successful rookie season. He was drafted at about pick 90, and I would imagine the majority of people that picked him at pick 90, or even at 80, would have been actually disappointed with what he did from a fantasy perspective. He was below average in points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, field goals, free throws. He was above average in threes, but his best category was never turning the ball over. Yet, 9-cat totals would tell you that he was a 6th round player. If I'm drafting someone in the sixth round, I'd like them to be above average in more than one category. And that one category that he was above average was threes, the most replaceable category. And he didn't even hit a Z score of one in that category. Yet, he still sits there at 66. Kevon Looney was 144th in minus one, 73rd in totals. Tyus Jones, 153 versus 82. Sadiq Bay, 159 versus 91. 
And Pat Williams. Yeah, Pat Williams. We loved him as a top 85 player, yeah? Huh? 148th in minus one ranks versus 84th in nine cat totals. The point of this show, and I hope you did get something out of it, is not to say that if you view turnovers, you're wrong. I know how I view it. I've been doing this for a long time. And in terms of trying to evaluate players for what happened, what may happen, what can happen, how we value them in the future, I don't think it's the right way to do it. I have my way of doing it. I'm going to move more towards minus one. That's how I think best represents players. But what I do hope you get out of this show is that when you see a reference of someone giving a rank, what do they mean? Do they mean nine cat totals? Do they mean eight game, eight team, or sorry, eight cat per game? What, what do they mean? And often people will use a ranking, whether it's in your league, whatever it is, they will use a ranking that makes their case seem better. Hey, you want to like, what? He's actually ranked 36 last year. Man, he's going to start this year, 36. He's probably, he's probably a second round guy, yeah? People might use, like that. And so understand me, hang, hang on a second. 36th? Something's off. That doesn't sound right. And look, it's right here, Yahoo, 36. All right, but understanding why that is, where that is, what the discrepancy is, 90 spots versus per, uh, minus one per game, can, I think, help you and save you. Save you? That's wrong. That's the wrong word. But help you decipher what's going on. If you have made it to the end of this show, I'm bloody surprised. But if you have made it to the end of the show, drop a comment down below. Spider-Man. Drop Spider-Man in the comments down below to tell me that you made it through all my unhinged ramblings about rankings. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.